0: Well, hello, my friends, and welcome to the Live Inspired Podcast with John O'Leary. Monday morning moments. I record these so you and I can begin our days and our Easter weeks in awe and on fire with a burst of inspiration. As a child, I used to wonder why my parents enjoyed attending funerals. At least that's how it felt to me. Why else would they get dressed up and leave family parties and sporting events and then go to them? Asking my dad why he went to so many, he shared because if he did not go to other people's funerals, he was concerned that they might not go to his. In spite of dad's joke, as I've aged, it's become clear to me my parents weren't going to funerals for themselves. No, they understood that showing up for people during their time of grief matters. And the longer we live, the more opportunities to show up for others that we have. But sometimes attending a funeral is not just about being there for another family. Sometimes it's also about recognizing the importance to urgently live your life right now. Attending three funerals a couple Saturdays ago, I was reminded of this truth in my life and friends in our lives. Beth and I left the house early that day to be with a dear friend who had lost his sister Decisions throughout her life had pushed her family away and created constant tension on the rare occasions when they were obligated to be together. My friend shared at the funeral, though, that the months of his sister slowly dying and the weeks of hospice near the end gave them an incredible opportunity to make amends. They acknowledged the mistakes, they apologized for the missteps, and by the time she passed away, they had reconciled fully. She passed away ultimately, listen to this, Without regrets. What a gift. Beth and I hugged our dear friend goodbye and we raced to the second funeral of the day. And this was for a friend of mine, a gentleman that I come to know, to respect, and to love at our church. He was always smiling, he was always serving, he was always making others feel valued and seen and loved. His death will leave a gaping hole in our church community. It will also be something that his wife his three kids, and his entire family will struggle with for the rest of their lives. None of us will ever understand how one of the most vibrantly alive individuals we'd ever met could take his own life. The pastor preceding over the funeral delivered one of the boldest, most emotional, most healing sermons I've ever heard. Rather than offering platitudes and feel-good stories, His pastor was honest with the indescribable pain and sadness we felt and that he felt. As he spoke, he kept his attention not on the overwhelmingly crowded church, but on those most impacted, the family seated in the first row. Using the lyrics from Hamilton's song, It's Quiet Uptown, he challenged us to be honest with what had happened and the agony we felt, to name it for what it was, and to not mask it. He encouraged us to be patient in this time of profound grief and massive sadness. To not race forward and to expect immediate healing because this thing will take time. This is going to take time. And yet he reminded us in the midst of unimaginable sadness to be faithful and hopeful. To seek evidence of goodness and grace. Even in the midst of this period of utter darkness, there will be, he assured us, whispers of hope hope. And evidence of life. Seek those moments and grasp onto them for what they are, he challenged us. One day, one day we will laugh again. One day we will smile again. One day we will feel love again, and one day, he said, we will see our friend again. And he ended with a hopeful question directly from Hamilton. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Finally, Beth and I left that church service to attend the funeral of a third friend. Rather than a shocking loss, though, this was a man who we were celebrating 96 years of indomitably living and his passion for life. This gentleman was my hand searching back in the 80s, and Beth and I walked into the room knowing no one. We didn't know a soul. A room where his children, in-laws, grandchildren, friends, fellow physicians, and former patients had gathered to share the joy that was this man. And immediately, right when we walked in, we were engulfed in the love that personified this man's life. The most emotional story I heard from that day was from a former daughter-in-law. Former daughter-in-law. Years earlier, her divorce was finalized. And in a world that is quick to pick sides... You Republicans and you Democrats, those on the left, those on the right. Her former father-in-law instead chose the side of love. He chose the side of love. So every Sunday, every Sunday, he would call his former daughter-in-law to check in on her and to let her know that he loved her. My friends, yesterday we celebrated Easter. In the ultimate revelation of love, we rejoiced in the stunning victory of over death. And it reminded me of all I had learned by attending those funerals just a week or two earlier. At the first funeral, I was reminded to live in such a way that I can die with no regrets. At the second, my dear friend, to endure the unfathomable heartache of loss with honesty, with patience, and with a heart open to blessings in the midst of the storm. And at the third, That even in the midst of divisive times or at the end of a long, successful life, that phone calls reminding others of their value matter to them and they speak volumes about the individual's choosing to make those calls. Choosing, in other words, to be love. So as the stone that once covered the tomb remains today rolled away, I wish you a wonderful start to your day. Remember, leaders, your life matters. There will be struggles, but the foundation is firm. Your life has value, and the best is yet to come. So for this time and until next time, my name is John O'Leary. Today is our day. What a gift. Celebrate it. And live inspired.